Welcome back to JB Squared. Man, unfortunately, this thing's going to come to an end here very, very soon. Uh, I'm JB Hager, and I'm with Johan Brunil, and we're going to look at stage 20 of uh, the 2023 Tour de France. A lot of stuff to talk about. The podium is set. The polka dot jersey is set. And uh, some other fun stuff that's in the media going along in the side side view here that we'll talk about. Uh, that's all coming up on today's episode of JB Squared. Okay, Johan, it's so easy at this point in the tour to go, it's all over. It's never over. You still have to get yourself mm-hmm. and your bicycle into Paris. And that's evidence of it today. We saw Rodriguez and, and Kuz go down hard, both hitting, having, you know, bloodied their faces. It's so, yeah. it's, it's never over till it's over. And that's, I'm sure, I'm sure you on the bus had to remind your riders of that every year. Go, this is, you know, there's another day here. That's where, that's where, why you will never hear a cyclist say, okay, you know, because normally on the last day they say, oh, you know, it's all done now. They will never say it's done. You know, like, look at the day. Three guys from the top 10 went down. You know, we had David Godu, who went down in the downhill. He didn't hurt himself that much. And then we had Sepkus, who had a bad, I mean, Sepkus and Carlos Rodriguez went down together. Um, apparently, in one of the downhills, uh, Carlos Rodriguez said that he felt that a spoke broke in his front wheel and his, his wheel started to wobble. Couldn't handle the bike anymore, crashed. Sepkus crashed over him. Both of them were seriously hurt. You know, Sepkus um, finished the stage, but far behind, lost lost his top 10 place. Uh, of course, in the big scheme, it's not that important for him or for Jumbo. Uh, but Carlos Rodriguez was in fourth. Uh, you know, if he would have had a strong day, maybe he could have made an attempt to be on the podium. instead. He went back to fifth because on the last climb, he couldn't hang on. So uh, those are the things that you really need to then manage. You know, even in a, in the case of uh, Diumbo Visma and, and Vingegaard, you know, he has a seven-minute lead, but, you know, the danger is behind every corner. And it's not always something that you yourself have in your hands. Look, Sepkus couldn't go anywhere. You know, if you look at... The way the crash happened, Carlos Rodriguez went down. Sepkus could not go anywhere, and he fell actually harder than than Carlos. And that could happen to the yellow jersey even today, you know. So uh, then, at some point, you know, Sepkus was in the back. Walt van Aert went home. They lost two riders. So at some point, Vingegaard was left with only one rider with him on the on the the last climb or the two last climbs. Uh, Wilco Kelderman. Now, of course, if you have a seven-minute lead, it's okay. But, you know, I mean, you want to have things, try to put as much possible factors on your side. And I heard, I listened to an interview with Franz Maassen, the one of the team directors of Jumbo, and he said today was, and literally he said it was a shit day in the car. He said, you know, we we were worried about SEP, and then it did not feel comfortable. It did not feel safe, you know, with with Jonas there and he was kind of isolated and they didn't have a good day today, uh, like in the team car of Jumbo Visma. You would think, okay, you know what? Seven minutes, nothing can happen. But it's not over until you cross the finish line in Paris. It's interesting. It was a broken spoke. I was just talking to someone about this. Like when I first started riding, spokes were breaking all the time. 
it doesn't seem like that happens much anymore. Uh, the mm -hmm. technology, wheel technology has just gotten so much better. You just don't see it as much as you used to. That's true. That's true. That's true. But, you know, it still happens. I mean, anything mechanical that is in movement can break, right? I mean, we look, saw the broken chain yesterday, right? Exactly. 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 See yeah. that much. Uh, other stuff to talk about. The uh, we'll get to Pogacar in, in the in the wind there, but uh, Ciccone, uh sealed mm -hmm. the polka dot jersey. That was yeah. that was a cool moment. Just watching him celebrate when it was settled. Yeah, and really, I, I mean, really dominantly. Uh, you know, there was his race. So that's obviously that, that was their race. Like Trek, Trek. Uh, I was going to say Trek, like Alfredo, little Trek. <laughs> Uh, today they were focused on that. So they, Chicone had to be in the break and then ideally Felix Gall would not be in the break. Uh, and then ideally Ringegaard would not be first on the last two climbs. All these things had to fall into place for Chicone to, to win. So all of that did happen. And on top of that, Chicone won, there were six KOMs today and he won the first four. So. On the last one, even it was only third category. That was he needed those points to be safe. And um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, you know, take away one of those four classifications for a rider and a team is a big deal. You know, it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal for the rider, for the team, for the sponsors, for Italian cycling, which we've been saying for a bit. Like, where are all the Italian riders? Like. It's Since just not what it used to the, be. The last Italian winner of the King of the Mountains is Claudio Capucci in 1992. Mm. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. Um, and actually then the the the, the Pocada jersey looked quite cool. Not it's not like today. It's it, it looked it looked okay. You know, I I I sent a message to one of his directors. I'm, I'm, I'm you know in contact with one. I said, listen, I said, you know. Congratulations with during the race, right? I said congratulations with the, the classification. But I said, man, the helmet, the pants, and the socks—it's a bit clown-esque. You know, it's a bit too much. <laughs> and and he said, he said, he said, I agree. He said, but wait until you see the the bike tomorrow. Oh no, they're adding more to it. <laughs> so obviously, it's a great listen. It's a great opportunity for brands for bike brands to showcase. Even if it's ugly, I mean, you can hardly say, you know, a bike with polka dots, but it is, you know, a, an attraction uh, factor and uh, all the, I'm pretty sure um, Vingegaard will probably be on a yellow bike. Um, I don't know if he's going to be completely in yellow. Um, I, I don't see, uh, I don't think he's the type of rider for that. Uh, <laughs> this is funny. Let's break down <laughs> it, for the ceremony, for the pictures and going into Paris. What is the appropriate amount of, of, uh, colored gear and apparel well, to I do? Mean, <laughs> uh, first of all, I think a yellow shorts looks terrible. Yeah. Uh, the green and especially this darker green, you could say, okay, you know, that's still, mm. still okay. So for sure, um, Philipson will be. All in green, green helmet, green jersey, green shorts, green bike, probably green socks and green gloves. Chicone, we know it's going to be polka dots. I mean, the, even the glasses are going to be polka dots. The helmet, glasses, makeup, everything on the face. Yeah, yeah. Even <laughs> even his underwear after the race is going to be polka dots. <laughs> uh, uh, 
And then, and then, um, yeah, I think Pogacar will just be, you know, as normal. I mean, I don't know if Colnago, I don't think Colnago will make a white bike. You know, they went, they were there for yellow. So yeah, uh, that, that, I don't think he wants to celebrate the, the white Jersey team. I mean, he'll do it respectfully to the race, yeah. but yeah, he's not going to gloat about that. Uh, something else that was very cool to watch today. And I'd love for you to elaborate on uh, the relationship with Thibaut Pino and the public. Yeah. We've known that he is a fan favorite. He's a French favorite, very beloved. Mm. Uh, but man, what we saw today with yeah. the, the, re the, it was basically a send off to him. Yeah, it's, his career. It's, you know, it's his region. You know, he is yeah. from that region. Uh, obviously, knows the course as nobody else. But even if you're from there, even if you know the course, I mean, to be in that break, and 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 that, then to be on your own, that's it, it, it. Just it doesn't just happen because you're motivated. You need to be really, really strong. <clears throat> and, and I thought that for Pinot, this. Um, this stage was, uh, you know, at some point I started to believe like, okay, maybe, maybe he can pull this off, you know? Um, if Pogacar, if Pogacar didn't want a stage win so badly to, to finish out his tour, it might, yeah. that might've been different. I don't know. I don't know. Then maybe I'm, if, if Pogacar doesn't go, then I think Felix Gall would have gone. Um, at that point, they were only, they were only a minute, you know, and, and, and you would, would still have want to see if, if they're if they're up there, I think at that point, Pino wouldn't have been able to drop uh, Pitcock, um, and he would have lost against Pitcock in the sprint. But but anyways, you know, for it's it's kind of I think what needed to happen. You know, like Thibaut Pino showing this incredible courage, his very expressive, you know, facial expression, his style is like you know like the it kind of gets you into this okay i like this guy right mm -hmm. and uh and then probably the not winning the stage is probably what what had to happen because once again you know he just didn't get it which is why he got so popular mm. you know <laughs> if, if he would be winning too much it's my of, of course if he would have been winning this stage it would have been incredible um but um but yeah I mean, you know, his last Tour de France, the 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 public favorite, the favorite of the French public. Uh, it was he must have had, I mean, goosebumps the whole time. Yeah, they I were think. they were saying something I didn't hadn't thought of before on the move this morning. They you we may see, uh, like, like they'll probably have uh, when they enter into the Champs Elysees, the Jumbo will probably go first, but then they'll probably let. The Peloton will let uh, Pino go off the front and and get a bit of a parade. Is that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's not. Listen, it's George needs to understand. It's not because George did it, because he's friends with the whole Peloton. <laughs> that, uh, that you know, I mean, if they do it for Pino, they have to do it for Sagan. They have to do it for David Ains. Uh, there's, did, there's wait, other... did George, did George get to go off the front? His last yeah. tour? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, of course he did. Yeah, of course he did. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that's funny. It's just, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's made a lot of friends. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know if they're going to do that or not. Maybe. I mean, but there's, there's at least three riders who do the last tour and probably more. Yeah. So are they going to do it for all those right. guys? Right, right. 
Uh, let's talk more uh, about Felix Gall. Um, mm. Like it, this is a name that we were not talking about until this tour. And yeah. uh, I, I mean, we're all impressed by him. So he's the one other guy, like it was always, there's these two and then there's the rest, but he could go with them when he needed to. Today was, was the confirmation that first of all, he finishes the tour really strong. Uh, he confirms today that he was the second best climber on stage 17. He went the second fastest up the Col de la Loz. And uh, today he was the only guy with them. And actually then when they were starting to play cat and mouse, he, he, he was there. He was like, why am I pulling? You know, these guys are in front of me. Why am I pulling? But you know, he was, he was going up that climb fast. Um, oh, and Jonas had a few words with him. What was that? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know what was going on there. Um, Maybe they didn't want to get caught by the well, Yates brothers. You know, at this point, I think that Jonas was also in a position like, hey, you know, uh, okay, I'm fine here for GC, but I'm not just going to let Pogacar win this stage. You know, because Pogacar was in a situation that he would not pull because he knew that Adam Yates was 15 seconds behind. That was a good excuse that was accepted. But, you know, then, of course, if Vingegaard starts to pull with with Felix Gall, he didn't really need to, you know. I mean, he's seven minutes ahead uh, and he has no chance. Then he has for sure no chance in the sprint. So it was it must have been a really frustrating um, situation for Felix Gall. I mean, I think he was in eighth place or I don't know if he was in eighth or in ninth before the stage but actually he did an amazing stage and he did not improve his classification mm. which uh, you know is frustrating uh but definitely you know he showed to the world that he's a real climber um he was already the best climber in the tour of switzerland uh did an incredible bad time trial on the last day and and lost all of his, his all of his places in the gc but um but yeah i mean he came into this race not being the leader, the the leader of AG2R was was Ben O'Connor, uh, and then you know Ben O'Connor didn't perform well the first week, and Felix Gall came better and better, and finally showed that um, he's I mean he's a great climber. So the confidence that this guy will have gotten from this this Tour de France will for the next years now bring him up, and uh, and yeah. I mean, it's too bad that he is not, he has not, he's not more skilled in downhills and in time trials. That will obviously be a problem for him. But in any Grand Tour mountain stages, from now on, this is a guy that always needs to be amongst the favorites. And then we saw uh, Pogacar do uh, an attack. Uh, and then he settled in. And when I looked at the remainder of that breakaway, I was like, Oh, he, he, with his punchiness, it's like, just sit in and you can yeah. win the sprint. And he had, uh, his teammate back to help yeah. lead him out. Like he was in a good spot and he did it to perfection. So that was no, good he, to watch. He did a, he did a perfect race. I mean, first of all, that attack was, you know, once again, impressive, you know, like, like we saw earlier on. So, um, I was actually pleasantly surprised and I did not expect actually on stage. I mean, if you would have asked me the night of stage 17, will Pugacar, can he win stage 20? I would say no. Mm. 
I said, he's not coming back from this. There's something wrong. You know, there's some, then I said, there's something wrong. He had yesterday and the day before to, to kind of recover a little bit. And today, uh, not just during the race, but especially after the stage, if you look, if you watch him in his interview and you see his face, it's completely different. The, 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 the way he, the way he looks is different. Uh, his face is not as hollow as when he was after the time trial and after stage 17. And, uh, you know, he said he felt back to his normal, which, you know, now the question is that they will have to try to find out exactly what happened, right? Uh, because I think at this point uh, in the last week of the tour, uh, when you have such a, like a crisis like he had, um, something must have been wrong that day. Um, and probably not just physically. Uh, I don't know if it was also mentally from the day before the big blow he got from that huge time got in the, in the time trial that he didn't expect. But, um, I mean, it was, it was a nice comeback, uh, to win this stage. And I think this is about the best that UAE, Pogacar and UAE could expect after, you know, like the, the, the deception of not winning the tour. Now, finally, okay, they have number two and number three. They already won a stage before, and now they won the last stage, and Pogacar is back up there with his rival, Jonas Vingegaard, who, you know, has shown that he was never, never in problems. Uh, so I think that's about as good as it could get for UAE to, to go home and say, okay, you know what? Something was wrong. We, we were going we're gonna to figure it out. But we know that we're up there, you know, that next year we can come back with the hopes of winning the Tour de France intact, right? So, I mean, at least that's what I would take away from it. If I would be the manager and I talk to my rider, you analyze and you say, okay, you know what? This happened, but hey, stage 20, you were up there and you were back to being your normal self right yeah but, and and you've you've reminded us in this tour that's like you know there was the wrist in injury it threw off yeah. the traditional plan and mm -hmm. and you know when we have to <laughs> you know, we have to give equal time to Jonas, or they're going to get all upset all the <laughs> vingago fans are going to crucify us but but there's not listen there's not much <laughs> there's not much more to say to, than to, to about Jonas that you know he was the strongest today he was never in problems Nobody expected him to be in problems. He looked yeah. like when, when Pogacar attacked, he looked to be able to respond comfortably. Uh, Pogacar saw straight away that he was there. So there was not the conviction of, okay, I'm going to drop him. And I think it speaks a lot to, to, to Vingegaard that, you know, he made it really a case of honor. He could have said, you know what? I don't care. Just whatever, you know, like, like even if I, you know, he even tried to beat him in the sprint. You know, which yeah. was try to anticipate and surprise him. So uh, he, it's not like he just wanted to say, "Okay, I'm winning the the tour. You can win the stage." You know, that's definitely not the case. So they fought about everything until until the very last moment. Today's show is brought to you by Ventum. Check out the all new GS1, the gravel bike. And you may not know this, but you can get into. A brand new GS1 with SRAM Apex AXS for just $29.99. That's a, and that's a great bike. This is, in fact, 
the bike with the, that we used for operation get out where we took a bunch of people to George's Fondo. It was their first gravel bike ever. Everybody is thrilled about that bike. And then of course the same frame on that GS one could be on a, uh, a GS one that you've built out with higher end components. It's always up to you. And you'll see when you're on their website, how you can pick and build it up, keep the cost down if that's important to you, or just go crazy on all the components you want types of handlebars you want, upgraded wheels if you want. Uh, it's a very, very user-friendly website and fun to build out, build out your bike. So go give it a shot. Go check it out at uh, VentumRacing.com. And you can get 10% off when you use the code WEDO at checkout at VentumRacing.com slash the move. Today's show is also brought to you by Ketone IQ. I've got the bottle right here for those of you watching on YouTube. This is the bottle of 10 shots. So just part of your routine, you know, just first thing in the morning, I do a shot of this and uh, I've told you on this uh, previous shows on this tour, it's helped with mental clarity, sharpness, sustained energy. One of my favorite side effects that it, it, I just dawned on me a couple of weeks ago is I've gone from having four or five cups of coffee every morning uh, down to one. And it's, 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 uh, purely because of the ketone IQ that I'm having before that. I don't know. It's, and it's just really helped a lot with, uh, you know, focus and energy, like I mentioned, but also gut health. Cause I'm not drinking all that coffee. So try a subscription to it, get it sent to you on a regular basis. Give it a few months. I, I guarantee you, you're going to feel different, uh, not only physically, which Lance and George talk quite a bit about, but also the mental part of it. So, uh, do a subscription. 30% off on your first subscription of Ketone IQ. And that is at hvmn.com slash the move. How do you think uh, UAE feels as a whole? Um, you know, that's that had to be huge for them just to get the stage win today, the two podium mm -hmm. spots. It looks yeah. pretty good. We it looks good. You know, I mean, listen, anybody in the whole, in the whole world to Peloton would say, wow, you know, Second and third, two stage wins. <clears throat> we had this problem, but you know we are up there. With you know, we have to be happy. They they should be happy, but they came for more. At the end of the day, they came for more. You know, this is the second best, uh, and especially with this stage win today, I think that kind of heals a lot of what happened three stages ago. Who do you think is going home as a team, not an individual, going home the most disappointed? Wow. Oof, there's a bunch. Um, I mean, you know, like for Total Energy, they can't be happy. Arkea, they can't be happy. Um, Intermarché, they cannot be happy. I have a list here of, of teams that didn't win anything uh because we talked about it yesterday here uh, you know x lotto not jaco they didn't win it but they have a fourth place and they still have the possibility of tomorrow ef can't be happy either uh you know they had nielsen powell in the pocket dot jersey for a little bit but you know that's not what they came for they did lose their leader on day one uh carapaz Movistar the same. They lost Enric Mas on day one. They finished the tour with four riders only, and they will not win a stage. Um, Astana, nothing. And then DSM, nothing. And been invisible in this Tour de France. 
Uh, and today, for example, is, is also one of those days that you say, what, is, is this guy in the race? It's like the first time you said, like, for example, Peter Sagan. Yeah. You know, we have not seen this. In, we haven't seen him. You know, like. And for those who don't know, he is retiring. This was yeah. his last tour. Yeah. And so that's why it was so nice to see the Pino in the action. On his mm -hmm. last, even though he didn't win, it was exciting, and we didn't. But he was at the front and at the very front with you know a real, real, real possibility to win. Um, yeah, and you know what? Hats off today to Carlos Rodriguez. Uh, you know he lost he lost the place from fourth to fifth, but man, after that crash, coming back, seeing how he was damaged, uh, not, I mean, and the physical blow, but also the, the mental blow, you know, like being able to be up there, come back and, and keep fighting. And he fought until the very end with amazing help of, of Pitcock and, and Omar Freyla. I think those two guys were really up there with him at the end. Um, but the guy kept fighting, you know, and he finishes fifth uh, in his first Tour de France. So, and we're going to see a lot more of him. He, we're going to see a lot more. We're going to see a lot more of him for <laughs> sure. For sure. Now the question remains open. Where does you know where does he go? The the, the rumors are that he uh, he would go to Movistar. Apparently, he has a pre-contra a pre-deal signed, like a provisional deal signed, which is I don't know if it's a firm, but my information also says that uh, Ineos is trying to buy out that pre-deal, mm. like you know compensating Movistar for not taking him. I don't know how that's, how that's going to work out. We did. We talked about the, this situation earlier in yeah. this tour where, you know, they, they, they want a Spanish star at Movistar. And this is, yeah. this is the up and coming talent. He's the guy. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Well, there's another one, Juan Ayuso, mm -hmm. but you know, he's, he's, he's locked uh, in. Yeah, like locked in and I don't know, till the next century, I think. <laughs> These longer deals. You guys have you've talked about that. The five years is a that a lot of these guys doing five year deals now. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's that, long. That can work. It was similar in radio that my career, it was three or five year contracts typically. Mm -hmm. And that can work against you. If if you're hitting on all cylinders and things you're on fire and winning, that's a bad deal. But if, yeah. you, if you have an injury and major setbacks, it's nice security. Yeah. It's a really, although not many radio injuries, Johan. <laughs> but you it's a nice. <laughs> you, can, you can become deaf on one side. <laughs> but it's a nice security kind of thing. You're just knowing where you're going to be, especially if you're starting a family and all those yeah, kinds of, course, of situations. Of yeah. Anyhow, um, getting getting a little off track there, and this, I, and you and you and uh, Lance both got a, a kick out of this um, this article out with with Matteo and who's what's all, what's all going on with that? It was a little confusing to me, but yeah, you, know, there was, you know these players better. Well, you know, I know these players, and I also know what's going on in the tour and how everything gets magnified out of nothing, basically, right? Because everybody's looking for news, so. There was this, especially, I think it started after the time trial of Vingegaard, you know, and and, and him uh, and Jumbo Visma being so dominant, uh, you know, the questions and, you know, is this normal? And and so Plugu gave an answer and, you know, he said, yeah, you know, we, we do everything perfect. You know, we, we, we spent a lot of resources on 
doing this and doing this we we try to have the best people on any in every single section and then and then he must have said <laughs> but yeah well, you know yesterday for example we were he didn't even name the name he did not name the name he said we were in our hotel with a french team did not say it was groupama fdg mm. and i saw the riders there drinking beers you know and and then he said well you know i mean alcohol is not good especially when you're in a race and you are depleted uh it's basically poison that you tr- throw into your system maybe a little bit a bit exaggerated but mm-hmm. i think personally i think it makes sense if you look at at which level these people operate right if everything's so fine-tuned like to the smallest detail then i can understand that a beer does not fit into that system right so mm-hmm. he said that now of course l'equipe which was the newspaper that published the interview looked into the book and there was one french team with them and so they said groupama he did look it did not say yeah the guys from groupama were drinking mm. beer but there was a french team with us they were drinking beer that's what that's it so then of course they l'equipe brings that interview to madio and Madio just goes off like, oh, like you super, oh, you know, who does, who the hell does he think he is? Uh, so anyway, so it was this whole, uh, I mean, uh, you know, cycling needs these kind of little, little in, internal wars, right? And Madio is known to be very passionate, both on, both on the one side and then on the other side. Today, for example, I saw, uh, you know, because Thibaut Pinot retired and it was his last mountain stage and in his home region, they interviewed Madio a few times. I saw three different separate interviews, like, and the three times he was interviewed, he started crying. Like mm-hmm. he could not find his words anymore. And <laughs> I mean... <sighs> Listen, I, I know Madio for a very long time, like a very long. You, you, what you also have to know is for certain guys, they make their trademark being a certain way. It's either yelling, you know, we all know, we all know the images of Madio, and then yelling and shouting. We all mm-hmm. seen these images. And then on the other hand, being super passionate and, and starting to cry. And then I think, ah. You know, Madio, please. Okay. <laughs> One time, yeah, but three times, man? Come on. <laughs> oh. So, anyways, that, I mean, I, of course, I'm looking, to, I'm looking to this from a different point of view because I, I know the guys and I know that it's, he's, also, he's also taking care of being a certain personality. So, we have to... I mean, I que- me. I, mean, I don't want anybody else. I question the 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 gen, gen, how, if it's genuine. This or if this it's crime. an act. It's from my view. Yeah, yeah. It's playing up to the press, right? Yeah, it's what it's. People love to see it. Yeah. Um, if you like when these shows go long, uh, unfortunately, that's not going to happen today. We've got a lot going on here. Mm-hmm. You still need to get on um, uh, outcomes in La Movida, and the yeah. uh, women are here. Ali and Mari are here. And we're going to do our Tour de France Femme preview. So we're juggling things around a little bit. From tomorrow on, a daily coverage of Tour de France Femme. Yes, looking forward to that. Uh, But 
Uh, I do want you to touch on tomorrow's stage, but there's um, a very taxing logistics from today to tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's something that I checked with. So today they finish in the Vosges and uh, in, in Alsace, and of course the last stage is in Paris, and it's a very short stage tomorrow, 115 kilometers. So they start in the surroundings of Paris. So the whole Tour de France caravan. All the journalists, all the people, but also all the teams and all the staff of the teams after today's stage, which was a, a very, very hard stage, they still have a 500-kilometer transfer to their hotel where they will start tomorrow, the last stage. So, you know, it's not all like, you know, so no massage, you know, or I mean, massage, yeah, they, they probably have some kind of recovery devices in the bus you know like the pressure boots and mm -hmm. ice and whatever but uh but yeah and then i what i can tell you jb and and everybody else is that after today the stage of tomorrow normally it's a day of today is a day of burgers and pizzas and wine and beer so plugger can say whatever he wants <laughs> today but they're gonna drink. They're gonna drink some beers or some wine on the on the bus, you know. Or I don't think they're gonna drink champagne because they're they're, they're gonna say, well, you know, it's it's not over yet. But a few guys will have a few beers, and let me tell you, after twenty days of racing and being empty like that, they won't need three beers to to be very very <laughs> happy. Doesn't take much, right? No. <laughs> Can anyone beat uh, Philipson tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's still, you know, I mean, it's very often that the last stage is not won by the favorite sprinter. Uh, he did win last year on the Champs-Élysées. He is the fastest rider. He has a team still intact to to race for him. But I think a guy like Runewegen, for example, could be up there. Uh, Pedersen is in amazing shape in the last week, like really, really great shape. Um, so I think it's still, it's still, it's still possible. I think other than those three, uh, can't see really anybody else unless Alexander Kristoff pulls a rabbit out of his hat, which he did one year, by the way, you know, he was invisible the whole, the whole tour, like, and then all of a sudden, boom, Champs-Élysées, he won the last stage. Watch Peter Sagan win tomorrow. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, not gonna happen. It would be fun. I'm just throwing out would fun, be, it, fun it scenarios. Be, be. Well, well, well. Listen, let, uh, hold on. You know, they do predict rain, mm. which on the Champs Elysees is a nightmare. I mean, that's 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 actually not fair racing, okay? because it's it's the, it's those flat, tiny little cobblestones. It is so slippery so. yeah i was i was thinking about that earlier if if it's wet and uh, the champs Elysees, you have the cobbles but you also have heavy heavy trafficked areas with cars so and all the all the oil and and yeah. diesel and all the things that are yeah. have been sitting there just yeah. could be a disaster well, well normally what will happen if it rains normally what will happen is they will take the time for gc at the entrance of the champs Elysees. That's what they have done in the past. So they, they oh, so they, so they don't have. That's their three k out. And yeah, more. the entrance, like the when they start the local laps, it's good. That's going to be the GC time. safe. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. That's smart. That's smart. Yeah. 
Yeah. Did, did you ever ride in, in on the Champs-Élysées when it was wet? Yeah. And it, you, you I did it. Say. I did it as a rider once. And then also one year. Um, yeah, one year, um, I think 2005, Lance's last victory. Uh, it started to rain. They uh, they took the time on the first uh, the first time on the Champs Elysees, and actually, mm. before we got to the Champs Elysees, like ten kilometers out, the whole team went down. The whole mm. team went down, uh, and and so the the, the judges say, okay, we're uh, you know when we put, but they they did decide that actually in the stage, like during the stage, they said, mm. okay, you know, it's going to be too slippery, and yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, one last thing. I oh, yes. Forgot. Yeah, we need to talk about there's There's some, if you want to get together with the, the we do, Johan and, and George, there's, and Lance, my, Mallorca is coming up. Yeah. There's so one, have, one spot left for the Mallorca trip. In September, uh, the last week of September, we have the Move Mallorca. Um, it's the third year in a row. There's one spot left, one. So then... That's it. There's not, not nothing, not no no availability anymore. Um, so that's and let, let me add to that. Jan, Jan, George, Jan Ulrich. Yes, Lance, George, Jan, and myself. Yeah. So to be part of the the we do team, the blue train. You know, I think we yeah, it's gonna be the black train or the white train. If I look at the kids, that, <laughs> okay. you know, but it's gonna be it's the we do team, right? Um, and then a uh, new thing we we're doing for next year, which we open uh from today is um the move spring classics so we are going to do in the same way we did the move flanders this year we're expanding to strada bianca in uh the end of february and then tour of flanders and paris roubaix that's the same kind of event it's a three-day event so basically it's a ride uh on friday then it's the grand fondo on saturday for Flanders and Roubaix, except for Strada Bianchi, the Grand Fondo is the day after the race. And for all these three races, the day of the race is the VIP experience. Amazing, uh, like also limited availability. And you can check it out on the travel section on on wedo.team. Or you can email uh, to ask for more details to travel at wedo.team. Either okay. way. Okay, so okay. either the email or going to the website, you'll see the travel section. All right, yeah, check that out if that interests you. Might mm -hmm. be it might be a dream gift for somebody. You know, you never know. Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, we it's it's especially because we are you know we're keeping it very limited. So we we have during the event we have all the time we need with the guests. You know, it's 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 we, we cater to a very limited amount of people, so yeah. it, it creates an amazing bond, and um, yeah, it's 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 really a super super unique experience. Yeah, and I think in the past you've had a couple surprises for the guests too. Some, yeah. some of your European like, uh, cycling friends, yeah, un unannounced <laughs> stars who show up all of a sudden. You never know. All right, <laughs> cool. We'll talk again tomorrow, Johan. Enjoy your day. Okay, thanks. Thank you.